The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, guys. So glad to have you with us today as we kick off the series uh, on joy. A couple of things I wanted to uh, kind of highlight this morning. Uh, on your way in and out, you probably noticed a little table back there in the back with the balloons. Uh, we're beginning a new min- ministry here at Coastal called Embrace Grace. And uh, it's for, um, uh, basically it's going to be a small group and a ministry uh, for young girls who find themselves uh, in an unintended uh, pregnancy. And, uh, you know, so, so many times Christians and churches talk about being pro-life, but then they don't do anything about that um, you know, after, you know, after a child is born and try to encourage and reach out to young girls. And so that's what we're all about here at Coastal. And uh, so check out the booth on your way in or out. And uh, if you have any questions, you can ask uh, Megan and Sarah, and uh, they'll be back there to sign you up. At the end of the group, uh, we actually are going to be doing a a baby shower uh, for those uh, mothers and their their, their newborn. So we're excited about that, uh, that ministry. And then if you're new to Coastal, and every week here at Coastal, we have uh, new people, and some of you are fairly new and you've been coming, uh, and you'd like to get to know a little bit more about us, you know, uh, learn, maybe get, get to meet some other new people, meet our staff, uh, find out just some, some basic information about our church. Uh, we have a, a great opportunity for you to do that. That's our newcomers reception. Um, that's uh, following uh, the second service, immediately following the second service uh, on March the 26th. So that's coming up uh, just in a couple of weeks. And you can sign up for that on your Connect card that Ryan talked about. So just check the box and we'll get you signed up. And uh, we'll, we, we uh, give you just a, a quick bite of, uh, I think we have pizza or something like that for you on that day. And uh, so we, we were doing dessert. And then we realized that you know, we're feeding you like cake and pie and whatever, and you haven't had any kind of food. And so anyway, we got some pizza for you on that day, so we'll sign you up for that. Uh, But again, uh, just thanks for coming here today. I know it's kind of a weird day when it's time change and the weather has changed as well and all that, but uh, I'm excited about this new series. Again, now I can see your hands, actually. Raise your hand if you could use an an infusion of joy in your life. Anybody kind of right now, it's like, wow, okay, well then, this is a needed series. Um, uh, We're in this six-week series called Joy and it is from the book of Philippians. And uh, I think joy is one of those uh, misunderstood words. We, we tend to equate uh, happiness with joy. And, and there's, some, there's definitely some overlap, uh, but at the same time, I think there's some major differences that are important. Uh, happiness is based on my happenings, okay, my happenings. In other words, it's based on what's happening to me in the moment. You know, my, my circumstances. You know, if the sun is shining and people are good to me and, and everything's going well, then I'm happy. But if that changes, you know, if your circumstances aren't good and uh, things are bad, uh, I'm unhappy. Joy is something different. Uh, joy comes from God. You know, joy is not something that's based simply on emotions, although I think it, it surely encompasses that. But it's not dependent on what may or may not be happening to me uh, on in any given day or any given season of my life. It, joy, I think, is it's one of those, it's, it's that confident assurance that no matter what, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in my life, God is still in control. And, and he has this ability to work together everything for my good according to his sovereign plan. It, it, joy rises above our circumstances. It transcends them. Um, I think it's why we're able to experience what people call, you know, the joy of the Lord in the middle of extreme pain. 
and difficulty and death and suffering? Well, the book in the Bible that is best known for understanding joy and discovering joy is definitely the book of Philippians. It's just a short little book in, in the New Testament, and it's basically a thank you note that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, uh, really thanking them for an offering. And it's, again, it's one of the shorter books, and, but it's, it's very personal in that you learn probably the most about the Apostle Paul in, in this letter, a very practical letter. But most of all, it's a letter about joy. In fact, the word joy, uh, rejoice, or be glad, depending on your translation, uh, is used about 17 to 20 times uh, in this letter. So if you've been you know, down lately, discouraged, uh, depressed, or, or if you have allowed somehow either people or circumstances or problems to rob you of your joy, man, this letter is for you. And I really hope that this series is for you. Now today, as we, as we start off the first part of the letter, the Apostle Paul begins right off the bat by talking about uh, people. How many of you would agree that if relationships are bad, life can stink? you agree with that? I mean, that's, that's probably a fair assessment, right? If the relationships in your life are strained, especially those relationships that are closest to you, uh, that are most important to you. Life can be very, very difficult. Uh, Peter Drucker, many, many people consider him to be the father of American management, wrote a lot of management leadership books, uh, speaking at a conference for the CEOs of the top 100 companies in America. He was quoted as saying this, the number one characteristic of a good CEO, the number one characteristic of a leader is the ability to get along well with others and that they enjoy other people. Wow. So let me ask you, do you enjoy the people in your life? Do you enjoy the people that you work with? The person that you're married to? Your family? The person sitting next to you this morning? <laughs> um, or do you simply put up with them? tolerate them. You know, what, what does it take to really enjoy the people in your life? Because again, you know, think about it. If you, if you don't enjoy the people in your life, man, you are miserable. You're going to be miserable. And so today, in the very beginning of, of Philippians, I want us to talk about and look at some steps we can take to learn to enjoy the people in our lives. Okay, I hope this is going to be very practical for you today. And, uh, and again, if you're praying and fasting leading up to Easter, when is Easter Sunday, anybody? Anybody remember? April, okay, April what? That's a good. April 16th, very good. You need to remember that, April 16th. You know, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ every Sunday, every day. You know, as a believer, man, that's something to celebrate. But uh, I think, you know, Easter in America is definitely a day that we can leverage and that we can use to our advantage because there's no doubt sometimes people are a little more open to come to church on a day like that. Sometimes other churches and Christians complain about that. Man, listen, if, for those people who are complaining about that, then you let them come to Coastal because when they come here, man, things can happen. They're gonna hear about Jesus. So we, don't, we never complain about that. So anyway, April 16th. Number one, if you're gonna learn to enjoy the people of your, in your life, uh, number one, be grateful for the good in people. Be grateful 
for the good in people. Back to Philippians chapter one, verse three. I read this this morning. I thank my God every time I what? What's it say? I remember you. Uh, Now my question is, what do you remember most about people? You know, when people come to mind, what what do you think about? What do you focus on? You know, are you, are you that kind of person that naturally focuses on the good uh, or on the bad, the, the problems that you've had in your marriage or the good times in your marriage? Paul says to be grateful for the good in people. Now, it's important to know, though, that when Paul said this, he did not have an easy time in Philippi. Okay, he had a, had a difficult time. In fact, uh, the 16th chapter of Acts, we learn kind of the background uh, of his experience in Philippi. Uh, he started this church Uh, which is difficult in and of itself. But when he went to Philippi, he was falsely arrested, he was whipped, beaten, humiliated, and thrown in prison. Okay, he didn't necessarily, I mean, he really did not have a good time in Philippi, and yet when he writes back to them, he says, when I think about you, I remember the good things. I thank God every time I remember you. I mean, in other words, it, could have been, it would have been really easy for Paul to say, I, I'm, I remember the bad stuff. He could have recalled all the painful memories. But he made a choice to focus on the things that he could be grateful for. Now, maybe in your past, you've experienced some pain and hurt, maybe by a parent or a friend or a spouse. And you're still holding on to that. And as a result, two things have happened. You can't enjoy them today, and honestly, you can't enjoy other relationships as much because you're still holding on to that pain. You're still focusing on that negative. The fact is, listen to me, pleasant memories are a choice. I can can choose what I'm gonna remember. So here's the lesson, write this down. If you want to enjoy people, remember the best and forget the rest. Remember the best and forget the rest. Now, I want to make really clear this morning that I'm not saying that, you know, that you just deny, you know, this kind of Pollyanna mindset where you just, you know, deny the pain or the the hurt that you've experienced or, or, or that you excuse Uh, the weaknesses in other people. That's not what I'm saying. That's emotionally unhealthy. What I am saying, though, is at some point you have to choose to emphasize the good, to focus on the good. Have you ever heard a husband or a wife say this, say something like this? He's a good husband, but... she's, She's a great wife, but... Anytime you add that word but, anytime you say but, that means the emphasis is on what? on what's to come, right? It's on the negative. It's not on the positive. It's not on what you just got finished saying. It's on what's coming. Listen, be grateful for the good in people. If you want to enjoy others, the people in your life, at some point, you've got to focus. You've got to choose to focus on the strengths. You know, now, now, some people, granted, that takes a lot of creativity, doesn't it? You know, it, it does. Now, but I really believe, though, that you can find good in everybody. Now, for some people, listen to this, the starting place might be, Lord, thank you for the lessons that this person helped me to learn, right? I mean, that might be a starting place, but I guarantee you that if you will do that, you'll learn to enjoy the people in your life so much better. Number two, if you want to learn to enjoy the people in your life, you've got to practice positive praying. Positive praying. Look at verse four. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? What's he say? I always pray with joy. How'd you like to have the Apostle Paul praying for you every day? 
Man, that'd be awesome. Isn't it, isn't it an encouragement when you know that there are people that are praying for you? Man, I love it that, you know, week in and week out, we have a whole team of people who pray for all of our prayer requests. And one of the things that keeps me going is I literally know that I have prayer warriors in my life who pray for me every day. I mean, sometimes I look back on my life and I think, man, I, there's no way that I got through that season except that there were people who were praying for me. So what's the lesson? Here's the lesson. The quickest way to change a relationship is to is to start thanking God in prayer for those people. Start thanking God for people in prayer. Now, what will it do? It'll do two things. It'll change you, change your attitude, your mindset, but it will change them. In fact, I dare you to do this. I double-dog dare you to take that person at work who irritates the bejeebies out of you, okay? That's a, that's a real word, I think. Anyway, um, and you start thanking God for them. In prayer, you pray for them and you thank God for them and you watch what happens. Now, positive praying is, is not positive thinking. This is not what I'm talking about. Because people can, you know, they can reject your advice, they can resist your suggestions, they, they might not take your help. But they're powerless against your prayers. You know, the, the greatest thing that you and I can do for people is to pray for them. Now, I got a question for you. When somebody says, if somebody asks you to pray for them and you say, okay, I'll pray for you, what do you pray? I, I think for the most part, we're pretty good about praying for people in, in a, they're having a bad circumstance. You know, like, uh, you know, can you pray for me for this surgery or for this circumstance? But let me ask you a question. On an everyday basis, when someone says pray for me, what do you pray? God bless them. Okay, that's kind of generic. You know, I mean, what, what do you really mean by that? You know, what, what does that mean? Let me give you, it's, it's very interesting. Here, here in uh, Philippians 1, Paul specifically spells out what he prays for people. And man, I think this is a great resource for us as far as what we can pray for people. Verses 9 through 11, look at this. And this is my prayer. And remember, he says, I thank God all the time that I remember you. And I pray with you, uh, for, uh, pray for you in joy. And then he says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That, that you would be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That you would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Man, you ought to highlight that, underline that. Man, there's at least four things there that Paul says you and I could pray for other people in our lives. Uh, you, that they'll grow or abound in love. Man, that's awesome that they would, they would make wise choices, that they would discern what was best in their life. Man, isn't that a great thing you could pray for your kids? That they would, uh, that they would grow and are bound in love, that they would be able to discern what's best, they would make wise choices, and that they'll, that they'll do the right thing, that they'll be pure and blameless, and that they would live for God's glory. Man, that's, that's what you and I can pray for people. So, Paul says, if you wanna enjoy the people in your life, be grateful for the good. You know, remember the best. Forget the rest. Focus on that. Practice positive praying. What can I pray for this person about? And then number three, be patient with their progress. Be patient with people's progress. I think one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul was able to pray with joy for the people of Philippi is that he could focus on their future and not just their past. I think he had the ability to see people's potential, and that's what we've gotta be able to do. Look at verse six. Man, this is powerful. This is one of these verses you need to memorize. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion 
until the day of Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying there? He's saying whatever God starts, man, he finishes. What God started in your life at salvation, when you got saved, he's saying he's going to finish it. Now, in general, we're not good finishers, are we? You know, we, we start a lot of things, but sometimes we're terrible finishers. Would you agree with that? How many of you got unfinished projects around your house? You know, unfinished garage, unfinished room, unfinished diet, unfinished book, right? We, we don't always finish what we start, but God does. And the Bible says, this is so awesome, that when Christ started working in your life, that he is going to finish what he started. And that means in spite of our hang-ups, in spite of our screw-ups, our faults, our bad decisions, in spite of all the circumstances in life that we face, God is going to finish what he started in your life. So here's the lesson. You ready? Write this down. God is not finished with people. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with those people in your life. God's not finished with, with, with people. You know, everybody in this room, we, we, ought to, we ought to wear a sign saying, under construction. You know, you're, 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 not, you're not done. God's not finished with you. And so we, we need to begin to be patient with other people's progress. You see, to enjoy people, to enjoy the people in your life, to enjoy your family, your spouse, your kids, you've got to allow for growth. You know, the Apostle Paul was basically saying, I thank God I am not the man I used to be. But I also thank God I'm not the man that I'm going to be. Some of you uh, who have known me for a while, you might be able to say, you know what, thank God Pastor Chris is not the way he used to be. Right, somebody say amen, I don't know. Anyway, um, and, but you know what, thank God I'm not the person I'm gonna be. You see, the way I look at it, if you don't like me, well just hang on, because I'm getting better. I'm just getting better and better, you know? And for, guess what, from time to time, I gotta remind myself that about you. You know, I, I can put up with you for a couple more years because you're changing, right? You're growing. Look at the person next to you and say, I can put up with you because you're growing, you know? You're changing. Listen, seriously, if you want to enjoy the people in your life, you've got to be patient with their progress. And if God has started something in their life, the Bible says he will finish it. So let's get real practical. Let's apply this. So in your marriage, if you want to enjoy your marriage, I mean really enjoy it, you gotta learn to enjoy your husband or your wife right now while allowing for their growth. You know, it, it, it's not, well, when my wife gets her act together, you know, when my husband does these things, then I'll enjoy him. No, you won't, you won't. Because when they do that, you'll have another condition for them to meet. You gotta learn to enjoy them where they are now. Parents, if you're going to learn to enjoy your kids, man, you've got to enjoy them in the process while they're growing. Even at times, even though at times, they are selfish, sinful brats. <laughs> right? You know, if you demand perfection of the people in your life in order to enjoy them, you are always going to be miserable. You're always going to be miserable. Life is a matter of growth. And sometimes we, we dismiss the, you know, the small steps of growth that people take. 
John 1.12 says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to what? What's the next word? To become. I think that's both, both instant and it's a process. The, the Christian life is a process. We are all becomers. We're all growing in grace. Nobody in this room has arrived yet. It's not a one-time, one-shot, bam, done, and, and you reach instant maturity. It's growth. It's a process. And to enjoy the people in your life, you've got to enjoy them in the process. Go back to verse 6. Paul said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What's he saying? You know what he's saying? He's saying that he believes in the power of God to change people. That there's no such thing as, as a hopeless person. You know, well, my husband will never change. Well, who says? You know, my, my, my boss, he'll never come to Christ. Who, really? Are you the judge and jury? Who says? You know, th- this is the promise of God, that when God starts something, when he begins something in, in our lives, no matter how much we muck it up, he's gonna finish it. And no matter what kind of problems or difficulties come into my life, he's still gonna work it out. Because he's greater than my problems. Being confident. He's talking about faith. See, one, one aspect of faith is being able to see the best in other people. It's, it's looking for the potential, looking for the best. And man, there's power in that, and that kind of faith. Because people are shaped by what other people see in us. You know, we, we, they're shaped by the potential that that, that people see in them by the potential that people look for. In other words, we tend to live up to what people see in us, what they look for in us. And again, I'm not talking about living up to somebody's unreal expectations. I'm saying that people tend to become what we focus on, what we look for. What do you see in your spouse? What do you, uh, what do you look for in your marriage? You know, do you actively, creatively see positive and a great future in your kids. You know, if you don't see much, guess what you'll get? Not much. You know, I think one of the reasons why we we don't do this, we don't enjoy the people around us, is that we tend to judge people on the basis of how far they have to go rather than how far they've come. Let me say that again, write that down. We tend to judge people by how far they have to go rather than how far they've come. And man, Christians are the worst at this sometimes. You know, we're so judgmental. We look at people and we say, well, you know, how can they call themselves a Christian? Really, you know? I mean, they got this habit and they, you know, they struggle with that sin and, and uh, you know, their lifestyle is like this. Yeah, but... But look what a difference Jesus has made in their life. And, you know, he began something. They're growing. They're developing. You don't know what they, what they used to be, you know. So if you want to enjoy the people in your life, be grateful for the good. Focus on that. Practice positive praying for them. Be patient with their progress. Don't judge them on how far they've got to go, but how far they've come. And then number four, Love people from your heart. Man, I don't know if you're like me or if you've discovered this, but if people aren't in my heart, they're on my nerves, you know? 
Are, are you like that? You know, if you don't have your kids or your husband, your wife on, in your heart, they get on your nerves. And, and in fact, I think one of the reasons why so many marriages today are struggling is because we're only reacting to each other from our heads, from a logical standpoint, and not from our heart. You know, and what I mean by that is like, you know, for example, maybe a wife comes in, shares a feeling, something, you know, sh- that she feels, something from her heart, and she says, you know, I just feel this way, and then we react from our head, and we'll say, well, you shouldn't feel that way, that's stupid, you know? In fact, let me give you five ways, reasons why you shouldn't feel that way, right? And then we just approach people from the head, from a leg- logical standpoint, when really they just need someone to listen from the heart. And what I, what I mean by that is loving from the heart means you hear the pain behind the words. You hear the hurt behind the words. Uh, heart love begins with understanding. Trying to understand why they feel that way. Why does that guy act like such a jerk at work? Again, maybe you don't know their background. Maybe, you know, maybe they're a lot better than they used to be 10 years ago. Hearing the hurt, looking for you know, the pain behind the anger, understanding it, where it comes from, knowing what makes them tick. Man, you, you can't love somebody that you don't try to understand. So how do you get that understanding? It's, it's really simple. You ask questions and you just listen. You know, one of the most common complaints that I hear between couples is, you know, he doesn't understand me, she doesn't understand me. But the lesson is, if you really care you'll be aware. If you care, you'll be aware. In other words, you will listen and you'll, you'll ask questions and you'll listen, you'll pay attention because if you care, you'll be aware. That's loving from the heart. Now let me ask you, how do you love those people though that even when you try to understand them, they're still pretty unlovable? Look at verse eight. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's interesting, the word there, affection, in, in the Greek language is actually the word for intestines. And in fact, if you, if you have the King James Version with you, it translates this passage, uh, I love you uh, with the, um, how I long for you with the bowels of Christ Jesus. It used the words bowels. I used to think, man, that's gross. You know, I, lo- I love you with the intestines of Jesus or something, you know. But, but in the Greek culture, you gotta understand that they actually thought, you know, the seed of your emotions, it you know, it was right here. It was in your gut. You know, it was in your stomach. You know, I got, I got that. That's where we get that idea. You know, it was my, that gut feeling I have for you. It's that intense love that makes you able to love the unlovely. In other words, it's not a natural kind of love to be able to do that. It's a supernatural kind of love. That's, in other words, that's why he can say, well, it's not from me I, I can't do this for you, you know, Christians in Philippi, because I'm such a great guy. No, I, can, I, I long for you with the affection of who? Christ Jesus. Now, this is important. Human love wears out. Human love gets tired. It dries up. And I would, I would say, sure, in certain circumstances, it feels like, man, there's only so much giving and giving and giving that you can give to somebody without a, a positive response that, that you can take. And some of you are in a relationship like that right now, and you say, well, I have, I have absolutely nothing left for my husband, absolutely no feelings left for my wife, and uh, I, I don't love them anymore. And I would argue, well, so what? You know, that happens to everybody. 
you know, I mean, depending on, on the circumstance or the instance, you know, because sometimes human love dries up. Sometimes human love gets tired. The only kind of love that can last and last and last in spite of heartache, in spite of difficulty, in spite of tough time, is the affection of Christ Jesus. It's God's love. You know, that's, that's the only kind of, again, that's why this, what I'm talking about today, joy, it's different than happiness. It comes from God. Look at Romans 5, 5. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. What's he saying? He's saying that, again, this type of supernatural love, it's not something you and I work up on our own. Man, it's poured into our lives by the Holy Spirit as you let him live in you day by day by day. You see, God's love, his joy, our ability to enjoy even the difficult people in our life is something that God does in us and through us. It's a gift as you let the Holy Spirit live in you, as you give the Holy Spirit more and more control of your life moment by moment by moment. See, what I'm saying is that life is too short not to learn to enjoy the people in your life. And if, if you don't learn to do that, you're just gonna let them rob you of your joy. And, and if you don't learn to enjoy the people in your life right now, man, you're gonna be miserable. Look back in your outline. So, be grateful for the good in people. Remember the best. Forget everything else. Focus on the best. Number two, practice positive praying. Start praying for people, seriously. Three, be patient with their progress. What God started, God will finish. God's a finisher. And then finally, love people from the heart, from the affection of Christ Jesus. That's joy. You know, maybe you're here this morning and one of the reasons why you're having a hard time experiencing that kind of joy with the people in your life is that you've never allowed Christ to come in your life for the very, very first time. You know, again, it's something that he he works in you and through you. But that only happens when you respond to him in faith. Maybe you've never come home to him. Maybe you've not yet stepped across that line of faith. You've never, uh, you've never asked Christ to be your savior and to be your Lord. Man, you can do that today. You know, that's the, that's the greatest decision you'll ever make. It is the one decision that affects every other aspect of your life. You know, talk about something that affects your relationships, it's that. Not just here and now, but in the life to come. Because there will be a life to come. And you'll stand before God and have to give an account for what you did with his son Jesus. Listen, he loves you and he has made a way for you to spend eternity with him. And he's made a way for you to begin to enjoy the people in your life. And it's through Christ. It's through him. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org.
From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.